Today's guest on the show is Asher Colley, and this was such a fun hour for me because we've actually never met. And so this was our first time to ever talk. It was our first time to ever meet, and she was such a joy. You are going to love everything about this. First of all, if you are an adoptive mom, you're going to love this. If you have been to Uganda, you're going to love this. If you if you love serving the needy, you're going to love this. If you just love listening to two girls laugh and talk about breastfeeding, oh my gosh, I talked about boobs in this. You're going to learn more about the organization that she is the founder of called Soul Hope. And I'm actually heading there soon so I get to see what they do firsthand and meet Asher and Drew and all of their six children. You're going to love this time that Asher and I have together. There's a little bit of a delay, so I'm sorry if that caused you any kind of problems, but it's such a fun conversation. Guys, I want to say thanks to Layla, who wrote a sweet comment about my podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. She was listening to the podcast with Lindsay Wheeler and said how much she loved it. And then Team Lee 7 chimed in and said she loved it too. Thanks a bunch, guys. Today's podcast is brought to you by Beauty Counter. Did you know that the U.S. has not passed a federal law governing the cosmetic industry since 1938? Or that our country has banned or restricted only 11 ingredients a day? while the European Union has banned close to 1,400. Beauty Counter has banned over 1,500 ingredients in their products, which is why I'm proud to introduce you to the most fabulous and safe skincare products for you and your family. Discover why their mission is to get safe products into the hands of everyone. For more information, head over to jamieivy.com. Hello. Hi. Hey. We have a pretty decent connection. What are you, like in Africa or something? I know. Well, and you know, what's really crazy is I literally just drove from Jinja to the capital Kampala. I've been in the car for three hours, stuck in a traffic jam and with no Wi-Fi or anything. And I'm like, I have to get to the hotel by six o'clock. Oh, bless so, you for making this work. I literally, when you said five minutes to go, I had just pulled in. I was like, perfect. So perfect. I'm here. Yeah. So where are you right now? Like, Physically? Yeah, physically. You're not at your house. I'm not at my house. I right now am in Kampala. Which so the, the capital. capital. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We got um a call that I needed to come pick up our son's passport and I have a bunch of papers to sign in the lawyer's office and stuff. So I was like, Okay, I'm coming. You know, they yeah. they call you just like it's around the corner. No big deal. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll drive three hours one way. Sure. I'll, I'll be leaving in 10 minutes. Don't worry. I have nothing else to do either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have no life going on here at my house. Yeah, I know. I was bored today. I'm really glad that they called me. Exactly. To drive <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But are you alone? Yes, I'm alone. I'm in the car. It's peaceful. That's nice. I love it. Thank you for giving me an excuse to lock myself in the car by myself. See, quiet. I was going to say, at least you have a few moments of aloneness. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So fun. Okay, well, I'm so glad that you're coming on my happy hour because I get to actually meet you face to face in a couple of weeks. I know. I know. I am so excited so about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's it's funny when you have these like faces that you see online or through friends or friends of friends and then you get to meet each other in person and it's always so nice. It's like the whole world just comes together. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right in here because this is so fun. Um, Let's do it. I, if you're listening, I'm actually going, I always say, if you're listening, like I'm talking to people, who are listening, <laughs> but 
but if they can hear my voice, it means they're listening. I'm going to stop saying that. That's right. If you're listening. Oh, actually you are listening because you are listening to our podcast. Okay. So let's start over with that. Is For those of you that are listening and that sounds so like professional radio, whatever. Okay. Asher, we just jumped in here and I have so much I want to talk to you about personally. And I'm just going to let everybody listen in on our conversations because that's what the happy hour is. But awesome. I feel like that I could talk to you for five episodes because I just want to know that much about you <laughs> and I'm about to see you. And so I get to like hug your neck and really talk to you. But yeah, this is just so exciting because I'm going to Uganda and I've never even been I to know. Africa. Did you know that? <gasps> no, I didn't know that. This will be my first step oh. on the continent of Africa. Oh, I'm so, that makes it even better. Does it? Okay. Oh, that makes it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. So I'm not nervous about traveling because I, I would say that for, for a regular old person, I'm kind of traveled. I mean, I don't like travel every weekend or anything, but so I'm not nervous about heading um, to where you live, Yeah, but it's just the newness. It's like, you've never been to a place before. Uh-huh. Yes. So, oh my gosh. I, I so remember that. Like, yeah, I remember even when I would come to Africa like twice a year, every single time my stomach would kind of get in knots a little bit. And it's just like, it's a new experience. It's like, I, I don't know, it's foreign. It's, it's totally, it's, and you're going to love it. I have no spot in my brain for it besides what I've seen on TV or pictures. And so then when you go and you experience something yeah. for yourself, it kind of gives it more, you get more ownership in it. But I do have to say, you can talk to your husband about this one. That yesterday, mm -hmm. he posted an article in our little Facebook group about a uh -huh. crocodile that's going around Uganda killing people. <laughs> and can I tell you that I was like, I first read it, I was like, this is fake. This has to be fake. There's no way. This can't be true. And he's like, oh, no, this is true. And, and then, I, okay, so this is the funny part that you have to tell him as well. So I'm telling my husband about it last night on our date. And he's like, but they uh -huh. got it, right? And I was like, yeah, they got it. He's like, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. And that's exactly what your husband said on the Facebook group. He's like, no worries. They got it. And I'm like, okay, if there's one, there's another one is all I have to say. Oh. Do I need to worry about this? You know pressure? what's really funny? You know, I, I should ask him myself because um, I go swimming in Lake Victoria every Saturday. That's where that with, crocodile was. Um, yeah, I know. And he um, he has never mentioned this to me. So <laughs> I, I don't know about this to me. I don't know. So you go swimming in this place every Saturday and you don't, you're not scared. It's not like you don't see crocodiles on the land and stuff. No, I mean, you don't see them. I do sometimes when I'm swimming, think about them. Like sometimes I get far out in the water and I'm like, oh, what would I do if a croc just popped up right now? And then I sometimes panic a little and swim okay, my closer to shore as if I could, I out, even... as if I could outrun a crocodile. I said, do I feel like the most like American person showing up to Africa afraid of crocodiles? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, even people here are terrified of them. I think, uh, I don't know. Here's what I do. I find that I go to some place. I freak out at first about everything. Malaria, like I lost right. sleep and had, yes. had anxiety over malaria, about people kidnapping my children, mm -hmm. about like eating the wrong food and getting like par horrible parasites. And then I get here and I was scared and had anxiety about that stuff for a long time. And then I get so tired of being afraid that I just give up being afraid. And so then I sometimes do stupid things. And, um, I mean, I've had malaria, I've had lots of parasites yeah. and 
I swim with possibly crocodiles. I didn't even know about crocodiles every week. (laughs) That's what you do. No, I like that because I I agree. When I first started, I traveled to Haiti a lot through our adoptions and stuff. And the first time Uh I was there, like I look back and my entire trip, I was so fearful. Like every Mm. night I would have dreams that there were going to be Haitian men coming into our room with machetes to kill us all. Uh What is that from? Uh I have no Uh idea. That doesn't even, people don't even do that. Like this is not like, I didn't even read a news article on this. I created this in my head. And so that first trip, I look back and just think I wasted a lot of time just with anxiety over it. Mm. But then trip after trip, Mm, I quit taking malaria meds and I was just like, well, it is what it is. And, you know, I wasn't ever afraid. I traveled there by myself. I mean, you're right. You just get to where you're like, I'm either going to live in fear or I'm just going to move on and keep living. Uh, Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. You know, I feel like for us coming in for the first time, I do know I'm going to struggle with this a little bit only because it's new, you know, it's Mm -hmm. new. Yeah. It's a new place. The same thing I did with Haiti, but I think that I'll also be fine. Yeah. And you'll probably be surprised by some stuff like, yes, Africa is what you see in pictures and everything, but it's also like, I feel like there's another side to it that I don't know. It's just so welcoming. And so like, uh, I don't, maybe it's just cause I'm in love with this. Well, continent. and I'll tell you this well, country. I haven't met one person that's been to Uganda that their next words out of their mouth are like, Oh my gosh, I love that place. Like literally yeah. every person yeah. that meet that's gone to Uganda, they're like, Oh, my heart yeah. is just there. I love it. So I yeah. don't know. It, we shall see. Yeah. It steals a little piece of your heart. So I think it's a different amount for everybody, but yeah, I've never met anyone either. Who's just been like, Oh my gosh, I hated, I hate yeah, Uganda. No, I never neither. want to go back. So, so beautiful. Okay. So Asher, let's get a little like five, like, like a five sentence. Who are you? Like, I know that's hard. <laughs> I know that's really hard. But there are so many conversations I want to talk to you about. But let me just give everybody that's listening just five sentences of who you are. Okay. Um, Well, first and foremost, I'm a wife and a mother to six beautiful children, ranging in ages from 16. My oldest is 16. um, And then the next question out of people's mouths is, Mm -hmm. you don't look old enough to have a 16-year-old. And I'm not. Right. Well, I guess I guess I could be, but um, we've she's adopted, mm-hmm. and um, all the way going down to a almost two year old. So we have our 16 year old, a nine year old, two six year olds, and soon to be two two year olds. That sounds like the craziest so. house ever. It is. That's why I'm happy that I'm getting to lock myself away for a little bit and talk to you in the You quiet. get one hour of just girl talk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. And keep going because you tell everybody what you do. So um, I'm the founder and Ugandan director of Soul Hope. And um, it's a, a nonprofit that I started, gosh, in 2010. And we do shoemaking and for the purposes of preventing jiggers, which is kind of a whole nother topic. I don't even know if we were going to talk about that, but um, basically it's a life debilitating parasite if it's not treated, but it's so easy to treat with education and hygiene and wearing of closed toed shoes and stuff like that. So um, yeah, we're just here loving on people and hopefully helping change lives and um, so that's what we do. We live full-time in Uganda. We've lived here for two years and um, we love it. This is this is home. And of course there's things we miss about the States, but this is home for us sure, yeah. and all of our families back in America. But um, yeah, it's definitely a new adventure that we're on. So 
Okay. That's a little bit about me. That's a lot. And I, I, <laughs> I am so excited to be able to come and see Still Hope firsthand and see what y'all do. Like the jiggers. I was talking to yeah. just the other day, you know her, um, Jolia. Who, yeah. Yes. Okay. So she. I love her. Yes. I love her. And so I was doing a podcast with her and Jessica and I told her uh-huh. that I was going and she's like, oh, you're going to come see me. And I'm like, what? How did this just happen? <laughs> you know, but all the worlds were yeah. gliding, but she was telling me a little bit firsthand about the jiggers too. And from what I've read on your site and with you guys, I did not realize that this actually could kill you. I thought yeah. that the jiggers were just kind of like this uncomfortable situation that people were having to deal right. with. I didn't know yeah. how bad it can get. So tell everyone, I didn't know what a jigger was until about a year and a half ago when my mm-hmm. friend, when Elder introduced me to your, what you guys do. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but tell everybody what that is. Okay, so jiggers are a sand flea. It really looks like the kind of flea you would see on a dog. And th- it and is not jiggers. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, it's a little tiny flea. You can, You definitely can see it. Um, but it's not chiggers. Everybody's like, oh, chiggers, we have those in the States, but chiggers are actually not anywhere in America. (laughs) Right. They're not in North America. I have heard of them in South America, but not, not North America. Okay. Um, and so it's a sand flea. It burrows into your, it can burrow into anything, but most commonly it's the feet because that's what's on the ground and they live in the dust. And so it burrows into your feet and then it starts to lay eggs and those eggs multiply and it basically envelops itself in its own egg sac, which contains thousands and thousands of little tiny eggs. And so once it's in there, it's itchy and it's painful. It's very painful just to have one. And I have had one before and it was annoying. And one is not going to kill me. Mm -hmm. But where the problem comes in is there are so many children, elderly and disabled people in the villages that have hundreds and hundreds. And actually we removed from an 11 year old boy last week, 1,525 jiggers in his whole body. Oh my gosh. So it's a problem that even the Ugandan government doesn't really recognize a lot of Ugandans even it's, uh, has a stigma that's just, it's embarrassing and, um, nobody wants to talk about it. it. If I tell any Ugandan that I'm here working with the jigger uh-huh. problem, uh-huh. they laugh. They start like, Oh, it's not a big loud. deal. Yeah. And like, why in the world would, it's kind of like AIDS was looked mm-hmm. at, you know, so many years yeah. ago. Just why in the world would you want to like get near those people and touch those people? And mm. it's like, no, you don't understand. You, you don't know the truth about this parasite. And so. Okay. So go um, back to that boy that you just removed all those jiggers from. He was 11. They were all <laughs> over his body. Yeah. Was like they were all over the his pain body. level. What are we talking about here? Well, what they do is they they burrow in and they cause nerve damage. So for him, it was definitely painful. Like watching him was excruciating, um, and just made my heart hurt mm-hmm. for him. But um, but at the same time, it was different than if we were to have it a little bit because he had so much nerve damage. But the the reason so you're that he jiggers feel kill, a lot of the pain is that what you're saying? Not the ones on top, but okay. then once you got layers, layers, okay. layers down, yes, he, he could definitely okay, feel them. And it was very painful. Um, but the thing that um, that people don't realize is jiggers themselves don't usually kill, but they cause so many secondary infections that are life-threatening, I like see. gangrene, mm-hmm. yeah. tetanus. We've received a lot of little guys, like little babies who come to us with jigger infestation all over their bodies, and they usually are anemic. And so 
they had their blood in their body. They just don't have enough blood. And so um, we've had to take lots of them for blood transfusions after wow. we've removed jiggers or sometimes before mm-hmm. if it's bad enough. And so, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's something that is definitely overlooked and nobody really seems to be paying attention to. So, okay. So the people that, but it's preventable. Yeah. And Jolly told me the same thing that you're talking about is that the people just don't see it as a big deal, but let me ask you this. So you're saying like most Ugandans are like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. What are we doing here? Do have those people ever experienced it or had children with it? Like once you see your kid, is it now a big deal is my question. No, for a lot of them, it's not because it's kind of like malaria is here. If you okay. live here, you will get malaria. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so for those in the village, it's like, um, oh, it's and jiggers aren't everywhere. Like, they're, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, if you live in the village, you will get jiggers. And that is maybe true, but you don't have to be infested with them to the point where it's causing, causing other health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so like getting one or two is not a big deal. It's painful, but it's like a splinter. Okay, you know, if you're walking yeah. around barefoot yeah. and get a splinter in your foot and you got to dig it out, it's painful and uncomfortable and um, makes you squirm. But it's when you aren't using proper hygiene or you're keeping your pigs in your house with you. Um, is that common? Or you're, you know, yeah, it okay. is. A lot of people who have farm animals and can't afford to build shelters yeah. outside their uh-huh. house or they're afraid that someone will steal their yeah. their animals they do sleep with them that makes sense i mean it doesn't yeah, make sense so, to me to sleep with a pig but it makes right. sense if you don't want someone to take them that you bring them inside yeah yeah, yeah exactly that sounded i don't exactly. need to be they don't have about garages. it but, yeah now <laughs> they don't have like a fenced in backyard or anything, right so, yeah. right so then okay um oh my gracious I cannot even yeah. imagine. Like I'm sitting here thinking, it's a lot. It's a lot. It really is. And um, yeah. And I know that I'm going to be able to get be a part of this, and so it's even going to be more real in a couple weeks. But it's just yeah. a lot. And so, okay, my first, I have two questions for you because I'm curious about this. Whenever I see like like a woman in charge of a of an organization, did uh-huh. your was your husband always on board for this, or did he <laughs> think you were crazy? No. <laughs> Yes. I mean, that's serious. No. Aaron will tell you a lot of the crazy things we've done in our life, you know, like Uh adopt children, move to a different neighborhood. A lot of these things that seem crazy, they've all started with me. And then, Uh Uh and God used me to, you know, work through Aaron. And then he eventually, of course, obviously is on board and loves everything. But he's seen it in our family a lot. Was that how it was in yours? Yeah. Okay, so he yes, wasn't on board so, at first. Tell me this. No, he was These not. These are the good he stories. Was not. <laughs> so when when I first started Soul Hope, it was because I was researching adoption, and I saw on a blog someone had posted this little video, kind of like a, wow, this is something interesting I found on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it was uh, a video about a jigger removal in okay. Kenya, uh-huh. and um, which Kenya does have jiggers also, but they're the government thankfully is doing something about it. But, um, so there was this jigger removal in Kenya and I watched it. It was maybe a three minute video. I believe it's on our website under our inspiration and it rocked my world. And I've had friends who've watched it and been like, yeah, that didn't rock my world. It was kind of nasty, but it didn't rock my world. That's like, so you know, it's God. Isn't (laughs) that cool? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And cause it, I could not get it off my mind for like six months. And we had two other foster children at the time that were the same ages as our own. Okay. And that had a lot of, um, 
they needed a lot of extra attention. Okay. So I had two one-year-olds and two three-year-olds. I'm sorry. Where'd y'all live? We lived in Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Got it. Yeah. The beautiful state of Asheville. Oh, yes. Or the beautiful city of Asheville. I've been been to Asheville. I've been gone from America too long. Yes. I've been to Asheville and it's actually so beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Okay. So you saw the video. Yeah. We were living there and fostering and I saw this video and I was like, God, I cannot like my plate's full. I can't do anything else. But I was like, somebody has to do something about this. So I was like, maybe I can find an organization that's already doing something and I can partner with them. And I searched and I searched and I could not find anything. And so um, I took several trips to Zambia because I had heard that they had jiggers, which when I went and did research, I didn't find them like I did in the Busoga region of Uganda, which Uh is where we live. Okay. And so um, it was just through all of this research, I was like, I have to start something not, I honestly did not think Soul Hope was going to be what it is today. I just wanted to get shoes on kids' feet and teach them proper hygiene. Right. Um, Because a lot of it is sensitization. Um, It's a lot of education. And so, you know, I was just like, well, maybe I can just do this. And it just started with like one little uh, fundraiser in our community. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe I can get you know, money to buy shoes there or to pay a shoemaker. And so then I started looking into paying shoemakers and I was like, well, why don't I say this like it's simple? Cause it really wasn't. Right. But at the time I thought it was, why don't I just design a shoe and hire my own shoemakers? Yeah. No big and deal. We could. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. Everybody could... <laughs> does that in their day-to-day world. You're right, Asher. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cause I knew that the money would go further than if we, you know, bought hey, them from right. someone that had already made them. And I did not want to buy them from like China or something Uh like that. So I wanted to keep it all in the community that we were trying to work with. And so, yeah, one thing kind of led to another. And um, I designed a shoe, which is the shoe that people cut out at shoe cutting parties. Okay. So you designed Um, that. That's so cool. I've been to a shoe cutting party. I've been to a shoe cutting party and I'm actually going to host one soon. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So I didn't know you designed that. Very cool. Well, when you look at it, just remember that the pattern is like seriously God inspired, like Noah's Ark. I can really not take any credit for it except for that God did it through me. It's it's not like the best, most ingenious shoe design ever, but it was the design that God gave me, and and it just hasn't changed and over it's the what last he's using. That's almost so crazy. five years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you so, design the shoes, um, and then what? Mm-hmm. So I designed the shoes and then uh, we were, I was doing back and forth trips and I would go about every six to eight months. And then one time okay, wait, time I out real quick. was time getting out. really sick. Okay. Time out real uh-huh. quick. I missed something. You were going back okay. and forth to where? Okay. okay. I was going back and forth to Africa. I was taking like short term. Okay. Just on like trips and trips, I guess. Not necessarily yeah. to the village that you're in now. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay got it. Exactly. To do a lot of research and stuff like that. Got it. And so every time I would come back and Drew would be like, so how'd it go? And I'd tell him I'd be so jazzed about it. Mm-hmm. I was so passionate. And he was like, cool. Well, <laughs> you know, if you could just like keep doing what you're doing and taking care of our kids and, right. you know, running, yeah. I had a photography business at the time. If you could just like keep doing that and that would be really That's nice. Awesome, just right? like keep your brain here in America right. is what I felt like he was saying. Yeah. Like, um, and so he, yeah, he was not really on board for a while, but then one time I got really sick before one of my trips that was already scheduled tickets, bought and everything. 
come to find out I was pregnant oh. and I was like, I, and I have the worst pregnancies ever. I'm like in bed for nine months. Okay. And so, um, and I, at the time I was terrified of malaria. And so I was like, I'm not going over there pregnant. And so I was like, Drew, will you go for me? And so he agreed a little bit reluctantly, but he agreed. And literally the first time that he was in the village and saw kids with jiggers, the same age as his own, he held a kid that was the ages of our son, our only son at the time. And he, it it just broke him. Mm. And he says in that moment, he knew we had to do something. Like if we weren't going to do something, um, then maybe nobody else ever would. Mm -hmm. And that he knew that God had laid this on my heart for a reason. And so from that point on, he was all in. And then we kind of flipped roles because he, I remember him coming to me saying, I think we need to move to Africa to run this organization well. Uh And I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he's I'm like, perfectly wait, happy taking to <laughs> haven't you wanted this? You go over there all the time. Let's just move there. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, eventually I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And so then we, I had our third, um, child mm-hmm. and two months after he was born, we moved here. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. I got chills when you were, cause I, when you start telling the story and you're like, and he had to go, I was like, that's it. That's the turning point, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, everything changes. Like I remember when we were adopting our kids, I had been to Haiti. Aaron Mm -hmm. had never been to Haiti before. I had been there um, twice. One of the times was with my Mm -hmm. kids. And so he loved our kids, obviously. And we were adopting them and he loved them. But when he went down there, uh-huh. and saw the place and like held our kids. It's like everything changed. And that's how it happens. Everything changes when you see it. Okay. So then y'all been there. Okay, you moved there two months after your son was son, right? Yes. He's two. Okay. And then you just started, <laughs> you just moved to Uganda. I love it so much. Okay. Now, but tell <laughs> us where the other three kids came in. Cause that's three kids and you have three more now. Yeah. Yeah. So Literally the day that we arrived in Africa, there was this sweet little 14-year-old girl sitting on the porch of our house that our friends had had rented out for us. Uh And um, she was apparently watching a small child that was in the compound (laughs) and like in our yard. And uh, so uh, she just kind of hung out for a while and didn't go away. And we started questioning like, well, what we would ask the lady that would help us. Um, she kind of helped acclimate us a Ugandan friend of ours. And she's like, yeah, she's been staying, um, with me helping with, uh, my little boy. Cause they lived in the, the backyard, which is common here to have mm-hmm. like us, a, a small boys quarters housing, which mm-hmm. is where our friend lived. Okay. And then our house all in the same yard. And she said, uh, you know, she doesn't have any family. And so she's been staying with me and kind of helping me with my little boy. And um, so eventually she, long story short, she ended up um, sleeping on our couch because we couldn't find anywhere for her to go. And then sleeping on our couch moved to sleeping in the room with my daughter, uh-huh. our girl, the girl sharing a room. And yeah, that was uh, like a little over two years ago. And now she's because of her age she's not her name can't be changed to ours because of different laws and right. stuff mm-hmm. but um we legally are fostering her but when she turns 18 we can i don't know there's some thing we can do that yeah where she can take on our name and so so that's the oldest and that was the first um, child that and you then added. i mean basically yeah from that day was the one. first child yeah 
Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. From the first hour. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then, um, so then the second child, um, he came to us when it was kind of on accident. So I was nursing my son who at the time was five months old, mm-hmm. no, maybe six months old. And I was out at a jigger removal. And, um, at the time our, one of our office managers from the States, she was visiting us in here in Uganda and we were at a jigger removal. And this old man came up and said, um, I have, a." a son, a grandson who in this culture here, it was not biologically his grandson, but it's an old man who took on caring for him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I have this grandson and, um, his mother died in childbirth and we can't feed him and we can't find anyone to help care for him. Can you please breastfeed him? And, and she of course was like, no, haha, that's so funny. And she was telling me at dinner that night, um, she's like, let me tell you the story that happened today. And she told me it. And literally I froze like everything inside me just froze. And I felt like God saying, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but like, you're supposed to breastfeed that kid. Oh my gosh. And this, this just gave me the chills because I would totally breastfeed anyone's kid. Like Aaron thinks I'm weird, but I just think it's so beautiful. And I love nursing. I only nurse one baby. If somebody asked me to nurse their baby, I would say, yes, this is, this is really random for me to admit that to the world that I'll breastfeed your baby, but okay, go on. This is so good. So, so she's saying this and I'm just staring at her and she's like, what are you thinking? And I was like, when I had Silas, my third biological child, when I birthed him, I remember laying in bed one night before we moved to Africa and I was nursing him. And I remember God pressing on my heart, this picture of me moving to Africa and nursing a baby. And I thought it was, I was like, what? Okay. That is crazy. Like God, am I like having daydreams? Have I like had not had enough sleep because of this newborn, like what is going on? Like and then I just kind of pushed here. it to the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then when, when my friend um, and coworker was sitting across from me telling me that this guy had asked her to breastfeed this baby and that there's no, there was nobody, you know, the mom died and all this stuff. I was like, Oh my gosh, God, is this like, I'm feeling like there's a connection here. So I said, okay, let me just go meet this child tomorrow. I just want to like see, because mm-hmm. sometimes there's exaggerating that happens with, Oh, my child is sick or whatever, just because you're a white person. And, right. totally get it. Yeah. And sometimes it's not really true. Usually it's true, but sometimes it's not. So I went to the village the next day and I saw this little boy and, um, I just, I wanted to come alongside this family and help them in whatever way that meant. So I invited the, um, the grandmother, kind of the same situation, not biological grandmother, but the, the, grandmother who was kind of put in charge of taking care of him okay. or the old lady that was put in charge yeah. of taking care of him. Uh-huh, and mm-hmm. so I invited them to stay, um, at our house so that I could breastfeed this little boy because I was like, formula here is so expensive. And he was a, he was a preemie. He was born at seven months gestation. And when I met him at two months old, he weighed, it was like four and a half pounds. So he was oh tiny, gosh. tiny, tiny. And he had lots of really tiny. He had lots of medical issues because he was born so early and Mm -hmm. especially being in the village, um, even more. And, um, so I said, I'll get him all the medical care. Can you stay here? She's like, no, I'm caring for eight other grandchildren. I can't leave them to stay here. Yeah. So I would, I would pump and I'd give her milk and that was getting really, um, exhausting going like three times out to the village every day. And I'm still trying to nurse Silas and run soul hope. And so, um, 
then he ended up staying with us for a little while. And then as he got a little bit older, we did a formula drive. And so people brought over formula to kind of help supplement so I could send him back to the village. Mm-hmm. And just long story short, he think he kept going down really fast. And he ended up in the hospital several times and was very, very sick and then would, you know, end up at our house because mm-hmm. um, the medicine or the IVs or whatever that he was on, they couldn't take care of in the village. So Basically, fast forward two years, like a year and 10 months, and um, we've completed uh, almost everything we need for his adoption. We're doing it a different way than most Americans do. We're going to finalize it here in Uganda, so we have to wait three years to finalize, but he's ours. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, so. And you nursed him. And I nursed him and you should have seen, you should have seen the looks that I got from all the Africans when I, they would see me breastfeeding a black (laughs) baby. Oh my gosh. But, um, it just really, it's been cool because I've been able to become really close to the people that were caring for him and his Mm -hmm. extended family who are Muslim. And, um, my name here is a Muslim name. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't either, but I get asked all the time if I'm Muslim. Uh And people are really confused because I'm white. And why why am I named Asher? Uh And, um, but then also, I guess that um, in the Muslim faith, I might be totally butchering this and I'm really embarrassed if I am. But I think Allah or somebody was breastfed by his caretaker. I actually might be onto something. So, yeah, I mean, not too far. Yeah. I've, I've heard something like that. So, yeah. Which I had no idea until afterwards. And they were like, you are his mother. This is from God. And I was like, well, no, Jesus told me to do this. So let's talk about this here. Right. Um, yeah. And then the third one is Stella. She, um, she's six years old and she has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And she's nonverbal and she doesn't walk or anything yet. We're mm-hmm. praying that one day she will. Mm-hmm. But um, she's actually the exact same age as my biological middle son. Okay. And um, we just found out about her whenever I would go visit my niece in the baby home that she was staying at here, the orphanage she was staying at. And I would see Miss Stella every day and she just stole my heart. And I was talking to the director. I'm like, what does her future look like? Where, you know, what's her family background? Is she ever going to be resettled? And um, the answer was no for many reasons. And so, um, yeah, we were able to adopt her also. So it, is that final hers? Or is it yes, the same situation? Okay, so she's well, final. Or... It's the same as it's the same as Eli. Okay. Um, just because here you get legal guardianship and then you have to have legal guardianship for they might be changing the law, but like two to three years. And but we are the her legal guardians and Eli's legal guardians. They can't be taken from us. Right. Um however, going back to the states, they don't have American passports. So right. anytime we want to go back, we have to apply for visitor visas, which can be tricky. Okay. And can be denied, but have y'all all traveled yet? No, uh, most of the family has not been back since we moved here two okay. years ago. Okay. I went back for back surgery and Drew went back for um, some conferences, Loom and mm-hmm. some things like that for Soul Hope. And, but other than that, like our kids have not been back. Well, our, I take that back. I did, I did take our nine-year-old with me when I went. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the other ones haven't. I'm pretty sure my two-year-old is going to not know what to think when he sees so many white people in oh, one place speaking sure. English. Yes. These like third culture kids, <laughs> when we is that go what back. you call them? Like third culture? Yes. 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 They, I'd love to hear their stories yes. of when they actually go back to where they are 
in all reality from, mm-hmm. but not really, you know, mm-hmm. it's always kind of crazy. Yep. Okay. Two things, Asher. Number one, you telling me the story about you nursing yeah. him, I could just cry. Like that is so wonderful. Aww. And when we adopted our um, youngest son, Deacon, we adopted him domestically. And so he was our second uh-huh. child. Um, so we were there when he was born and then he, and I had planned on nursing him. Like I was going to try this. So I, uh-huh. I, I, I wasn't nursing a baby though. My son was 22 months old when he was born. So I hadn't nursed a child in like uh-huh. you know, however long. And so, but I was going to try. So a month yeah. before he was born, I rented like the most high duty breast pump you can get. And I pumped dry boots uh-huh. for a month. I mean, it was like crazy, <laughs> but I did it because I really wanted to do it. And so then he was born and I had bought this kit. This may turn this podcast into unfamily friendly right now, but you like, take, you, you, you put the formula bag around your neck and then you, it has these two little tiny tubes and you tape them to your, I don't know if I should say the word, but we all know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh-huh, then you uh-huh. nurse the child. And so they're actually getting formula, but they're also stimulating your milk coming in. And so I tried wow. for like a week, but I had a 22 month old and we were in a stranger's house and it, j- and I, Aaron was out of town and it just didn't work. So <laughs> I had all of these fabulous intentions. And so when I hear your story, I'm just like, Oh, it is so that. beautiful. I love it so much. And you Aww, just, it, well, that, thank you. it's so beautiful. And then your little girl, Stella, we hosted a child on a medical visa a couple of years ago. And, um, she had spina bifida, uh-huh. and so she had some of the same. She wasn't oh, um, wow. nonverbal, but she. They told me that she couldn't walk, but I don't believe that. Um, but anyhow, so that was just uh-huh. like it was just changed my world to children with special needs, and it was just wonderful. And Fedna, when she lived with us, she was never up for adoption, and because she had a family in Haiti waiting for her, so we we it was always clear that we were just hosting her for medical. And I never wanted to adopt her because she had family. Uh-huh. But God really used that to like soften my heart of just like, oh, oh. I could totally parent this girl is what I learned in that, that situation. Yeah. And so yeah. your family, I'm sitting here looking at your kids on my computer screen and they're just beautiful and I get to meet them all Thank soon. you. So fun. I know. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. Yeah. So this is a total um, American question, but what do you miss the most living in Uganda about America? Oh my gosh. Is it food? Well, of course. Yeah, I was gonna say, of course, friends and family, duh. Yes, duh. but given, yeah. um, I the first, th- <laughs> yeah, the first thing I was gonna say is cheese, cheese. Okay, cheese, so that really is something you cheese. can't get. Cheese. Okay. Well, okay, if you go to Kampala and know the right places, which I do not, and anytime I'm here, it's for like, you know, uh, boring things like mm-hmm. good lawyer's office or yeah. something like that. Um, but I've heard that you can get decent cheese somewhere in Kampala. Um, which is the capital, but definitely not in Jinja. Mm-hmm. There is stinky cheese, lots of stinky cheese. You mean when you um, say stinky but, cheese, you mean like blue cheese and stuff like that? No, I love blue cheese. I love every kind of cheese. But no, I mean like cheese that smells worse than dirty feet. And oh, like you okay. just can't even eat it. I don't if want you plug that. your nose, you cannot even okay. eat it. Okay, okay, no, I got it. I it's got so it. bad. So that and then um honestly, I miss Target and TJ Maxx. <laughs> A lot of people say that though. A lot. <laughs> yes. So that you... sounds so materialistic of me. Not even, no. not even like necessarily to go in and buy stuff, but I just love the convenience of being able to right. go someplace, get something for inexpensive that's cute mm-hmm. and being done with it. Like here, everything is such a chore. If yeah. you're like, oh, I need a new um, bath mat. 
well, good luck. You know, right. you're going to pay a ton of money and it's probably going to fall apart next week yeah. and it's not going to be cute. It's going to look like it's from the dollar store in China. So, right. you from know, 1982 as well. You win some, you lose some. Right. Yeah. From 1982, which, yeah. you know, I hear that's coming back in style. So hey, just wait. It is. It is. <laughs> um, did you happen to, yeah. do you watch Jimmy Fallon ever online? Uh, no, but I have a friend who watches it and posts about it all the time. So I know a little bit from okay. her posts. No, we won't even go there, but I haven't even seen what I was about to ask you if you've seen. Jimmy Fallon had, um, gosh, I can't think of his real name, but Zach Morris. Um, so I'm Saved by uh-huh. the Bell. Yeah, the yeah. And like they did Saved by the Bell whole, guy? Yes, uh-huh. they did a whole skit of some of the old people, like all of the people from Saved by the Bell, except for Screech, were there. I haven't even watched it, so it's no use talking oh about it. But I was gosh. just wondering if you've seen it talk about bringing the kids <laughs> back. You know, crazy. You know, I've, well, um, we, should, we should just both watch it. And then we can talk about it when I see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes. I have a friend, Tara, that lives in Haiti and she's been on my show before and she talks about that as well. Just like everything is so much more difficult. Like just to go get anything yeah. is like a day's work. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's true. It's uh, absolutely true. Uh, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, yeah. When our mutual friend has told me that your mm-hmm. guest house is amazing. Oh, what makes well, it amazing? Why is it so, so wonderful? Well, I I think honestly the first thing is the people. Okay. We have awesome staff. Like, oh my gosh, just the sweetest, most caring. Like they genuinely care about your stay and if everything's okay and making you comfortable. And um, it's all Ugandan run. And so I would say that's maybe the first thing. Second is we have an awesome cabana out in the the back, um, which is just so peaceful. And there's a good breeze and you can watch monkeys and it's just Wait, really quiet and peaceful. Time out. Literally, I'm, you can watch monkeys? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got lots of monkeys here. Lots. I guarantee you, you'll see monkeys while you're here. This is so fun. I'm so excited. I really do feel like the stupid American showing up to Africa. Like, what? I'm going to see monkeys? I love that. There's no lie. We don't have lions or giraffes in our backyard, though. Okay. That was my next question. (laughs) Just monkeys. And crocodiles that you swim with on a daily basis. Apparently crocodiles. Um, Okay. So the cabana, that's one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, we, right now at the place we are at, we have a gold, six foot gold bathtub, Um, not because we installed it, but just because it happened to be in the house. And it's just funny. It's like, it's so gaudy and hideous looking that it's awesome. And uh, is this useful? Is this where I'm going to be bathing? Yeah, probably. Maybe. If not, you can bathe in the gold stand-up shower that's in the other bathroom. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to bring a book and some bubbles and a glass of wine, and I'll be yes. set. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my you gosh. Should. That you is should. so fun. And well, the food. The, the food's phenomenal. Okay, the food? Yes. What kind yes, of food yes. am I going to be eating? Um, It's usually a mixture of Western food, like American food, uh-huh. usually with one or two nights of Ugandan food. Um, So Western food would be anything from, like, lasagna to chicken and dumplings to pizza um anything like that do y'all do that to try to like help the americans not freak out yeah because honestly my it's my and i've really tried to decorate the house and have it run as as american as i can because there's really only so much you can do and clearly you know you're still in africa when you're there it's the monkeys that give it away i think (laughs) it's totally the monkeys (laughs) i mean otherwise it's exactly like the ones right um no so when 
when you're in Africa, I just feel like, especially if you're serving all day in the field, you're doing even things like we were just talking about going to the supermarket and or going to the market and getting things and haggling prices and stuff. When you get back to where you want to rest, like you just want to relax. Yeah, you want to, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be reminded like, oh, I've had a long, hard day and I'm exhausted. And now what the heck have you put on my plate in front of me? Right, <laughs> like, right. what is this? I'm not eating it. So I think it's important. Um, we try to throw Ugandan food in there just for a little bit of culture. And it really is good food. Um, I'm all about eating but, the food in the, in the country that I'm in, for real. So I'm excited about that. What what does Ugandan cool. food mean? Like, what am I looking for here? Um, so a traditional Ugandan meal would usually consist of, like, posho, which is cornmeal. It's The closest thing I can compare it to is, like, a really fine um, grits, like okay. we have in the States, but thick, grits. like uh-huh. really thick. Okay. And usually you pour over it something called G-nut sauce, which is like a peanut, uh, peanutty flavored sauce. That's actually really good. Okay. I am not a fan of peanut butter, but I love G-nut sauce. Um, and then beans and rice mm-hmm. and sometimes some sort of green. Um, and trying to think what else i mean there's tons samosas are one thing wait did you um, say mimosas they, it's like a <laughs> just kidding yes we have mimosas <laughs> samosas. samosas okay what is that they are like this pastry thing that's filled with um sometimes like a vegetable mixture or like a beef mixture or sometimes chicken Ooh, like a kind of like a pot um, pie type thing yes yeah but it's like folded up into a triangle Okay, I everything that and you're talking about right now, I'm in. This sounds amazing. For it's real. yummy. It's so yummy. And then what about yeah, the meat? It's what kind really, of meat? really good. What kind of meat do y'all eat? Beef. There's a lot of beef. Okay. A lot of chicken. Uh, uh, we're on the Nile River and Lake Victoria, so um, a lot of tilapia and Nile perch. Oh, wow. So fish. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, I, so, I am so excited okay. about everything, and this food makes me excited too. <laughs> it's good. You should be excited. It's really good. I'm so excited. So this guest house, if I if my family was just traveling to Uganda, do you, can anyone stay there? Absolutely. Okay, yes. so that's how we y'all run it. House Got it. To, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's up to 20 people that we can have at one time. Um we have seven different rooms and um some of our bedrooms are self-contained, so they have the bathroom and some are shared. But it's we it's just set up like a comfy house. There's a big living room, dining room, a workroom where you can set up your computer. Um, we have Wi-Fi. We have free laundry service. Uh, the food's included. A huge compound. A nice playground. So that sounds. I great. think for Africa, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to and I, any other place. So. Well, I love hospitality and so for me it's just been a really fun way to get to meet new people and just welcome people and make them feel comfortable in sometimes a very uncomfortable place and it's also been a great way for strangers to find out about soul hope and what soul hope does and then for all of the profits they go directly back into soul hope um so it also helps support the the nonprofit. yeah guys there it is In 33 episodes, it's my first time that I've ever lost some of my recording. So you can tell, Asher just kind of abruptly ended, and there's nothing else, and I cannot find the rest of our recording, and I'm so sick over it. 
but we got 46 minutes of awesome stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. I cannot wait to meet Asher. I leave Austin on Friday the 13th and will fly around the world and end up in Uganda and spend about a week with Soul Hope and see everything that they do. And I just cannot wait. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Asher and I. Go ahead and find her on Facebook, Instagram, follow her. You'll love it. Go find out more about Soul Hope. Maybe you can host a shoe cutting party. I just had one this week and it's super easy. I posted so much information about Soul Hope, shoe cutting parties, my upcoming trip over at my website. It's jamieivy.com. Super easy to remember. Head on over there for all kinds of information. If you want to follow us on our trip this next week, which I would love it if you did, everything we post is going to be under the hashtag Soul Stories. So that's S-O-L-E-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. Soul Stories is hashtag. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're going to be blogging while we're there. So follow us along and you can see firsthand what they do. Well, not firsthand, but through my firsthand, you'll be able to see. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I want to thank you guys that have subscribed. If you subscribe over at iTunes and you've left a review, or if you've left a review or a rating, I really, really appreciate it. Mackenzie just said, "Jamie's happy hour has accompanied me through a move, a pregnancy, transitioning to be a mom of two, starting a church plant, and three job changes for my husband." So it's safe to say that I have been encouraged and challenged in various seasons of my life through this podcast. Jamie and her guests are both real and inspiring, which makes me feel like a normal gal can obey God in the big and small things. Also, I laugh out loud a lot. If you aren't subscribed, go for it. It's genuinely one of my favorite parts of each week. Mackenzie, thanks a lot. Those words mean so much to me, and I'm so glad that I have accompanied you through all of that stuff. And guys, I hope you have a great week. I'll be in Uganda soon. Think about me. Pray for me. Follow our trip. That's what I really want you to do. Follow our stories. You can see what's going on. Have a great week, and guys, I'll see you in a couple weeks.